Welcome back to All About Ours, which of course is QPR's one and only official club podcast. I'm Simon Cheshire and I'm delighted to be joined by my co-host Andy Sinton as we reflect on what's been a busy August for the Super Hoops. We discuss our start to the 22-23 Skybit Championship campaign, whilst we also look ahead to what promised to be a busy September for the R's. So sit back, relax and enjoy all about R's. As I said, despite the weather, I'm joined by Andy Sinton. Since, how are we? I'm very good, Simon, despite the weather. I uh, haven't said that, we've had a, we've had a brilliant summer, so uh, can't complain, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Before we sort of move on and reflect on the field and what's been happening with Mick Bill's side, we just wanted to reflect on two figures here at QPR that is an anniversary, isn't it? Of course, starting with Daphne Biggs, someone that everyone at QPR has a memory of, but and you're no different, are you, since? Yeah, Daphne was, um, she was such a lovely lady, um, you know, served the club really well over a, a long period of time. Uh, everyone had a nothing but good words to say about her. When I was here as a player, we used to bump into her, uh, quite regular, uh, share a cup of tea. Um, she used to tell us, uh, or tell me how well I was playing or not, as the case may be, in a, in a, in a really nice way. Um, she was just, she was just love, lovely. Um, loved this great club of ours. And uh, as I say, I think she just epitomises what everyone thinks about Queen's Park Rangers as a club she was a big big part of it and the other the other figure is Ray Jones of course is 15 years to the day of his tragic passing again another figure that could have gone on and really achieved top heights in football yeah Ray was uh, you know terrific talent at the at the start of his career and who knows where that career might have took him you know full of potential um, taken two young tragic circumstances uh, and you know that's that's hard to believe that that's 15 years since since that actually happened. But on days like this, the thoughts and everyone at the club, all our fans are with you know the family and friends of uh, of, uh, of Ray and of course Daphne that we've just mentioned. Perfect, thank you. Of course, you can listen to all about ours on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and QPR.co.uk, where me and Since will be talking throughout the season about QPR and what's happening on and off the field. So, first of all, Since the last time we spoke was just after the Blackburn game, yep. opening day of the season. It's been quite a mixed bag since then, hasn't it? It has. Uh, been a little bit frustrating, a little bit disappointing, um, but also in those lots of games um, there's been some positives to look at um, but ultimately you're judged by um, the ways the club will be judged by results and, and performances so yeah it's been a little bit frustrating but uh, early early days yet so uh, no panic starting things off the first game we were, we were looking ahead to was the Middlesbrough game and that was a good day from start to finish wasn't it well, it was a brilliant day first of all uh, first home game of the season it's one I always as a player and Certainly, as as a as a fan or in the role that I, they occupy, I always look forward to the first home game of the season. I always think it's uh, a terrific atmosphere where fans have spent three months without being able to come and cheer the team on, and uh, and all that goes with it. Uh, you know, Middlesbrough always bring a big following, which uh, which which helped the atmosphere. Good team, good manager. Although they've started, you know, um, not as well as I thought they would. You know, but I think they showed on that day. Uh, 
they're a good side certainly in that second half but the day itself you know first home game of the season brilliant great atmosphere Mick taking charge of the team for the first time here at Loftus Road Loftus Road going back to being called Loftus Road um, you know iconic I think everyone knows this brilliant stadium for 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 that reason uh, you know the the official opening of the Stanley Bowl stand uh, you know fitting that our greatest player in the club's history has uh, got his name up on the on a stand which has been uh, a long time in the making uh, then we've got uh, on the back of a, a wonderful summer for women's and girls football you know Chloe Kelly who scores the winner at Wembley uh, who and her family massive QPR fans uh, attends the game and I think all of that helped to the the atmosphere on the day. We recognise Tom Hyatt, who's uh, served the club so well over 50-odd years in various capacities, and that again shows us as the type of club that we are, that those people uh, are so important. And on top of that, I thought Mick and the team helped in that day because they did their bit as well. That first 45 minutes, I thought we were outstanding. Uh, really, really were. Got pegged back by what I believe is a good Middlesbrough side who I know they're struggling a little bit at the minute, but they'll be there or thereabouts, I believe. Uh, so we had to dig deep late in the game to, to get a vital first win, three points, get mixed rain uh, up and running here in front of the fans. So uh, so in answer to your question, it was a good day for the club. It was a, it was a fantastic day all round. It was quite a half-time, wasn't it, as well, with the <laughs> family of Stan coming out. And then... Chloe Kelly geeing up the crowd a little bit with a little uh, cameo. No, it was uh, it was it was terrific, uh, and you know I I felt privileged to be in the stadium for a number of reasons. As I said, first of all, you know recognising uh, people who served the club. Um, Chloe being a, a QPR fan and actually pointing out and you know where she where she sat with her family. Her family were here as guests of the club. Brilliant. Stan's family came in their numbers to uh, to be here for that official opening. And you mentioned half-time. Well, at the time, we were 3-1 up um, and for 40 minutes, 3-0. And what a brilliant, brilliant first 40 uh, minutes of the season. I'm sure we'll mention the likes of Chris and his goal, etc., etc. But no, it was a great day. And it was also the opening of the rail seating. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned Chris Willock. The supporters didn't need to get off their <laughs> seats anymore, did they? The lower loft. Well, you know, um, well, let's mention Chris first. You know, Chris, uh, as anyone who hears me talk and listens to my commentary along with Nick, I'm a huge fan. I think he's a, he's a wonderful talent. I said that from day one and credit to the club and the recruitment policy for getting someone like him, seeing that potential, uh, improving him. Chris nah, didn't play the first game, hasn't, didn't feature much in pre-season due to the, the injury. And we've got to be careful with Chris really got to be careful as a, there's a danger because he is so good and so important that he can you can rush him back and he has that setback so so it was great to see him in the starting 11 what was even better was to see his first goal um you know what was it 11 12 minutes in water water goal um, was it on passings with your strike at the city ground <laughs> <laughs> thought you were going to say the man city one that was well shown uh, over the last couple of weeks um uh chris you know, I think it was I think it was probably better because if, um, because if you looked at the the makeup of the goal, he picks it up deep in his own half. He travels, shows great um, intensity in his play. He's under extreme pressure from a couple of challenges, so he's got to have balance and strength. 
and at the end of that he's got to, he's got to produce the strike and the technique and the accuracy and he, he he does that you know already what were we one game and 11 minutes into the season will we see a better goal let's hope so um but you know that one's going to take some beating but uh, i think that just undermined chris's ability what he means to the team uh, and that seemed to really uh, put the wind in our sails, if you like. And I thought that first 40 minutes, uh, I think I said on the commentary, uh, Middlesbrough couldn't cope with our intensity with and without the ball. Um, you know, we, we, we get a second, uh, a little bit fortuitous. I think uh, the goalkeeper doesn't cover himself with glory at, uh, for, for Middlesbrough, but we... You know, sometimes you get that little bit of luck that you need. A third goal, great to see Linden as a number nine getting his first goal of the season. Um, but you knew, you knew Middlesbrough would come back at you. Um, then we concede from a set play, um, which is disappointing, but happens and something we might talk about later And you know, because it's, it's happened a few too many times. And you know the second half, they're going to throw everything at you. And that was the pleasing thing for me because they got back a 3-2. They had a goal chalked off to make a 3-3. And for 20 minutes, I thought we really had to defend and put bodies on the line. So whilst I like to see the creative side of the game and players, and you know, I mentioned Chris and Ilias and Tyler Roberts comes into that category. You know, uh, I also like to see bodies being put on the line to defend, centre backs just being prepared to defend and head and get blocks in. And I thought we did that. So uh, so yeah, that uh, that was a great win. It was a great day. Seems a while ago now. Wouldn't be a QPR performance without a little bit of drama at the end, <laughs> would it? It's never in doubt, Simon. Come on. <laughs> and as we mentioned, the rail seating, your performance, especially the first half, really helped with the atmosphere. But that played a key part in it as well, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been you know it's been banded around for a long, long time, and uh, you know club have listened and done something about it, and I think um, you know it really looked good. Uh, I spoke to a couple of people who've been in there, said it was. Uh, uh, the atmosphere has been great and good view, etc. etc. Um, and I remember, you know, I hate harping back, but when I was playing here, the loft was standard in those days. It used to be rocking atmosphere. So, if we can get back to creating something like that, that can only help, um, that can only help, help the atmosphere in the stadium. But that can transmit itself to the players on the pitch, it can only be a positive. I was going to say, does it bring back the <laughs> memories of when you were pulling on the blue and white hoops? It certainly does. Uh, you know, I had the had the pleasure and the um, I was fortunate to score a few goals at that end. You know, and never underestimated the support that we used to get. I used to make a point. Certainly, I didn't score that many, but if I did, getting as close as I could to those fans. Um, there are certain games I've played here where the atmosphere was electric and loud, um, and if we can we can help get back to that and that will ultimately try and be transmitted by what happens on the pitch and we, we we know that we get that but as I say I think that's been a real positive and I for one can't see I can't wait to see that um, continuing and even growing and getting bigger and louder as the season unfolds if we jump ahead a, f a few weeks just we'll come back to the other games but Rotherham United it must be nice to see the Anna McDonald flag that was being shown just before the game yeah, well, you know, with um, Alan, teammate of mine, what was it, 10 years in, in June since he sent past and still remember where I was when I got the the phone call from a, another one of my ex-teammates, Simon Barkey. Now, Alan, Alan's just, he's a club legend. You know, the, the word legend, I think, can be used too often. Um, 
that Alan McDonald, legend of the club, what was he here, 17 on years in various capacities. What a player, first and foremost. What a player uh, to have in your team, to have in your dressing room, but also, um, you know, what a, what a man, what a human being to, to share lots of things that we did together. Now, if we sort of cast our mind back, obviously we finished at the Middlesbrough game. We then had the penalty shootout at Charlton, which of course ended in heartbreak. But then a trip up to Sunderland. It's never easy travelling up to the northeast. Long journey, long day. But Senny Dieng proved in the end that it was <laughs> worthwhile. <laughs> Strange afternoon to say the least, you know. Um... One that we can all say, yeah, we were there, we were at the game. Um, but, you know, the, the trip to Sunderland, yeah, we get knocked out the uh, the, the Carabao Cup on penalties. Um, that can happen. Um, that's by the by. Did we play well enough to, to, to go through? Probably not. But Tyler Roberts scores a great goal to announce him to the Rangers fans. You know, I thought it was really exciting when he came on in that game. So he scores another wonderful goal for us. Um, but then they score an equally wonderful goal to, to take them the penalties, and that goes against us. So, um, yeah, disappointing. I think all the players, uh, Mick and his management team, everyone at the club, we wanted a good cup run. We really did want a good cup run. And uh, to lose on penalties, disappointing, but then we move on. But we go to Sunderland. Uh, always going to, for me, always going to be a difficult game. Why? Club on the up, having just gained promotion. You know, they've got that little bit of momentum and they're in the ascendancy, huge crowd, you know, um, I'm from up that neck of the woods, even though I'm black and white rather than red and white, um, you know, uh, huge you got crowd. quite a good reception just despite the fact <laughs> you are on the black and white side of <laughs> I don't, don't know about that. <laughs> no, it's, um, first of all, it's a great place to, to, to see football played, you know, magnificent stadium, the crowd get right behind them. Um, so there's a big crowd up there. Rangers, what do we take? A thousand people up there, give or take. Um, magnificent support. Despite the rail strikes. Despite the, the rail strikes, uh, our, our support home and away since fans, certainly in the last few years, um, has been nothing short of tremendous. So uh, so you go up there, you know it's going to be a tough game. You know you're going to have to weather a little bit of a storm. But I actually thought we started the game quite brightly. There was nothing in the game, but they, they react first to the... A save from Senny and get the goal. Um, then they go two 0 up, and you, you're thinking it's a long way back. And to be honest, if you're asking me a question, I didn't think we were particularly uh, great on the day in terms of threatening. And you, you're looking at uh, the clock, and you get to the 86, 87 minutes, and you're still two 0 down. And you, um, you're just waiting or hoping, probably hoping that you might get a spark from someone that'll just give you a lifeline and anything can happen as we've seen time and time again. Um, Ilias takes a free kick, um, gets it spot on, keeper gets a hand of a con, keep it out. And I think I said on commentary, you know, it's three, four, five minutes to go with stoppage time. You'll see how nervous the stadium gets because from 2-0 up or 2-0 down, whichever way you want to throw it, you know, game's pretty much over. But it's never over. I've played in, I've played in so many games. I've been involved in games so many times that strange thing happened. So, uh, so Ilias, Ilias gives us the lifeline, and I'm thinking there'll be a chance. There'll be one more chance. I don't know where it'll be. It might be Sunderland who get it because we're throwing caution to the wind and they hit us on the break, or we might get one more chance. Never once in my wildest dreams was I thinking the chance would come 
and our goalkeeper would um, produce a fantastic, brilliant header to um, to get us back to uh, to level points. So, uh, yeah, I was there. I can say a few of the the local supporters that were sat around us near the press box certainly found out that we were there when it went in. <laughs> and the famous Nick London and Andy Sinton roar on QPR Plus appeared. <laughs> Yeah, quite right as well. No, it's just a, you know, it's one of those moments. That I've I've played football for twenty odd years. I've managed. I've been involved in and around football for the you know, forty odd years. That's the first time I've seen with my own eyes uh, a goalkeeper score. So uh, when I say I was there, um, it was one of those moments that you just what's just happened here, but yeah. You know, Senny has to then gather his composure and more importantly he's just got us back to 2-2 in remarkable circumstances, remarkable fashion typical QPR if I can say that, we almost lose it uh, because uh, they they have a chance, Senny makes a, a great save low down uh, and gets up and I, I still don't know, might have got a touch on the rebound that goes off the bar you know but um, scenes of Jubilation. Now, now, people might go. You know, why are you celebrate? Why, why Rangers celebrating so much? Why are the fans celebrating so much? Because you got a point. No, it's not because we got a point. It was the manner. Game was dead and buried. It was the comeback. It was the drama. It was the excitement. That's what makes that celebration. Because I got in the car and when I'd settled down, go. Okay, yeah. What have I just seen there? What have I just witnessed? But, but, uh, great scenes. But then, unfortunately, the next next Tuesday is. Blackport at home, a disappointing defeat, but also similar to the Rotherham game on the Saturday afterwards. It was sort of one of them games that we had chances in, didn't we? Both games. Uh, now that's the frustrating bit. That's the disappointing bit because um, you have to earn every point in this league. And I'm sure um, many people they look from afar or close by and go Blackpool, Rotherham. That's two wins. Football doesn't work like that. You have to go out and perform. You have to go out and compete. You have to go out and earn the right to get the points. Um, um, to the Blackpool game, you know, I thought we huffed and puffed, got into a few areas, had a couple of good chances at nil-nil. First goals at this level or any level are important. You know, we didn't take them. Um, that happens. But it's an area where we have to be, have to get better. I'm sure Mick will say that, so I'm not talking out of turn. We have to get better when we're on top and we're converting chances or opportunities, whether that's our final ball, whether that's our decision making, or whether that's our finish. You know, we have to, we have to make the most of opportunities. Got, got hit with a sucker punch, uh, a counter attack, um, which again was a little disappointing. Josh Bowler comes back uh, to his old club and, and gets the winner. Good finish. A little bit fortunate the way it ricocheted to him, but getting done on the break just before half-time would be the most disappointing aspect of that. Second half, we basically, until the last five, six minutes when they had a couple of breakaways, we camped in near half, but probably didn't do enough to, to with quality to, to convert the chances that we're creating. So if we go away from the Blackpool game, really down, really disappointing, but you know what, you've got, a, you've got another one here in four or five days' time against Rotherham um, let's see what we can get there and again I'm sure we'll discuss that but that one proved to be equally as frustrating and disappointing as we left after the Rotherham game I was sat in the pub and the general consensus was sort of we weren't clinical enough is it as simple as that is it 
is there something missing? Is it Mick Bill and his new coaching staff having new ideas and we're just waiting for something to click and we will become the team that the players we have are we quite capable of? Well, I think I think it's a little bit of everything, Simon. Um, I think it's too easy to just say because Mick's new and we're waiting for things to click. I think that would be a very easy and soft um, response to to that. Ultimately, we've got good players uh, who the coach uh, and the coaching team prepare all week, send them out with trust in them. We know their ability. No one misses chances on purpose. No one plays poorly on purpose. No one doesn't pick up from a set play on purpose. But that's the areas where players and I'm saying that because I've, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've been a coach, I've been a manager, but I've also been a player. Players have to take responsibility. Set plays against, everyone will know their role. It only takes one person to switch off slightly, not have concentration, not have focus, doesn't do his job correctly, and you get punished. All your planning in the world, all the work you've done on the training ground can go out on the window. That's down to the players on the pitch. Uh, chances, I think we've, we've seen in both of those games, some of our approach play has been really, really good. You know the, uh, the the combination play, the getting in behind the the areas and wide areas, but then you're relying on your final pass, your final cross, your final delivery, your final decision. Once that happens, then you're relying on the finish. You know, players getting in there, can't fault players' efforts and endeavours to get in the right position. Then it comes down to steady yourself, bit of composure, quality, technique, etc., etc. So, parts of our game in those two games, I think we're really, really pleasing but you come away with one point from two home games. Everything's doom and gloom. But the areas with that's costing us at the minute. Football's won in both boxes, I believe. Um, I know there's a hell of a lot goes on between, but how well do you defend your own box? And how good are you in the opposition box when chances or opportunities are... That's an area where we will look to improve, get better. And if we our approach play is of the same order and even better uh, it's just the case of then being ruthless and clinical and taking those chances and if you do you'll start winning games what we don't want or I don't want as a as a fan and Rangers fans and everyone connected to the club we don't want to be oh we were unlucky again don't want to be unlucky I'd rather be a lucky team I'd rather the outside world look at Queen's Park Rangers and go how are they fourth in the table how are they fifth you know, rather than, oh, they're a good side, but they're languishing 15, 16, 17th, you know, got good players. But, you know, let's stop being unlucky. Um, but we'll be fine. Is a, a shining light or a positive to come from the last few games has been sort of our attack in the sense of the link-up play between Tyler Roberts and Elias Chair. We know the relationship Elias Chair and Chris Willock have, but throwing in a couple of new players, new additions has been quite a positive hasn't it and the chances as you said are being created yeah I will I, I, I for one when uh, well, we knew Chris was injured in the summer then we signed Tyler who we had to wait a bit to, to see well, what we know about Tyler what, he's, what, he's, what he can do and what he's capable of and what he showed of Charlton and Sunderland when he came on etc etc quality player Ilias has done it for two three seasons so when we when we signed Tyler I was thinking okay uh, how are those three going to combine well, I can't wait to see them all in action because None of them's an out and out striker, none of them's an out and out wide player. They all can rotate and interchange, etc., etc., and they're all really comfortable on the ball. Um, all can produce, all can score goals, all work incredibly hard as well without the ball for the team, which is which which is important. 
So uh, I was keen to see that link up. I thought signs that cool, this could be could be quite exciting. We're, we're just singling those three out, but within that, uh, it's a team, and I've, I'll be sending players out. And if I put someone in the team, I'll be saying, right, you're in the team because of this. Are you going to do it? So if you got those three fair players with a uh, centre forward and let's say Linden at this moment in time, um, you know who can be effective to to create space for those three to operate in. Um, yeah, what you what you in the team for? So if we're playing with those three, you're going to play with a more of a holding midfield too. Okay, you're you're in there to to win things, break things up, get us playing, etc. etc. Back four, what you in the, what you in the team for? Um, two fullbacks, Kenneth and. Ethan, they've played the last couple of games. You know what you're in the what you're in the team for. First of all, defend, but can you start our attacks? Can you get forward? Can you produce crosses, etc., etc. Goalkeeper takes care of itself. So everyone's got a role to play within that team. But going back to your question, with those three in particular, quite exciting. Yeah, it'll take a a real bit of time for it to click. I think we saw the relationship between Elias and Chris uh, last year. They just seemed to be totally on the same wavelength. Enjoyed each other's. Uh, company on the pitch if that makes sense Tyler can add to that so let's hope that can be a real positive as we move forward You mentioned the roles of different players is it easy to forget because he wears the number 9 shirt Lyndon Dykes the role that he has to play in the team as well it's not necessarily all about scoring goals even though that's potentially what he gets judged on 100% you make a big point you know there's this there's this thing um, put a number 9 on your back people will judge you on your goals I'm not saying that's right and I'm not saying that's wrong uh, good centre forwards can bring other things to the game. Uh, things aren't quite happening for Linden at this moment in time. It was great to see him get his goal against Middlesbrough. Good header, had a couple of chances in various other games. Linden never hides. So I'm sticking up for him a little bit here. Linden Dykes never hides. He puts a shift in for his team. I think a couple of seasons ago, he went 20 odd games without scoring, but then got on a little bit of a run. You know, so confidence within any player is huge. And I think even more so, we talk about the two boxes, two ends of the pitch. Goalkeeper needs to be really, really confident. Centre forward can be confident. And as I've said, Linden went through that period a couple of seasons ago, didn't score for 20 odd games, went on a roll. That's what confidence does. Once you get one or two, you suddenly start um, feeling better about yourself. So let's hope um, that'll be the case with Linden. But as I say, puts a shift in for his team. Um, not quite happening for at this moment in time. But let's hope it does. And obviously someone else to mention as well. We've, we've had, an, since we last spoke, an arrival in Ethan Laird, the, the right-back from Manchester United. He's had quite an impact on his first first appearance, hasn't he? Well, like Ethan, you know, um, like the attributes that he shows, uh, first of all, I think it's, it's, a, it's a, a little bit of a coup for the club that we can go to, arguably, the biggest club in England arguably the biggest club in Europe or the world and um, and asked to take one of their young players at a time where they're struggling and there's a there's a clamour for the likes of Ethan Lane to be promoted into the Manchester United team. So uh, for us to be able to go and ask that question and get a positive response I think speaks well for the club. Nice to see a, um, a giant like Manchester United trusts us with one of their young protégés of the like knowing that he will come here, he'll get game time He'll hopefully improve. He'll hopefully be treated properly. Um, I think that's what we'll do here. So delighted to have him. I think in the couple of games he's played, he showed real energy and ability. You know, he's got forward really, really well. He's quick. Um, 
crosses a couple of times, probably made the wrong decision, if you like, or the wrong technique, but other times he's, he's picked out people. So again, at 20, 21, 22, whatever these young lads are, they're not gonna be the finished article yet. So uh, that's where we're gonna work with them, help them, help them with their career. But by helping them with their career, they help us as a club and a team to get to where we wanna go. So delighted to have them and uh, we wish them well. We had a, a similar case of, of, over 10, 11 years ago now when we had Carl Walker arriving from Tottenham where straight away you could see his raw talent. But as you say, it comes to QPR. That's the reason he's coming to QPR yeah. on loan, isn't it? Yeah. Young players, you know, they're, they're, they've got talent. They just need to, to be in the big arena where they're playing. They need to learn from um, performances. They need to learn from experienced players. They need to learn from defeats. They need to learn from mistakes. They need to learn from wins, etc., uh, etc. Et and they take on board slightly different information that a coach might be giving them to what they've... They've had getting used to new teammates, etc., etc. So all that comes into the to the mix. But I think it's a great opportunity for 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 Ethan Laird that he's he's with us. Um, he will develop. He's in the shop window for whatever happens with him come the end of his end of his time. But as I say, we want the best for Ethan because if we get the best from Ethan, we'll benefit as well. Talking of raw young talents, Sinclair Armstrong's made quite an impact off the bench so far in his. Short, relatively short QPR career, but do you feel he somewhat needs a little bit of protection in the sense that's why he's not been chucked in? You're starting straight away, like show him the ropes a little bit, get to know Championship football, and see where you end up. Well, there's all that to, to take into consideration, and the, the 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 key question is when you think they're ready to to start to uh, you know because sometimes you can. Put a young lad in too early and things don't go and you can lose him a little bit. Sinclair, for me, if I can say this, I thought there was a role for Sinclair at times last season. I thought if you were looking at games where we had a couple of strikers out, uh, we didn't have anyone within the group that could run in behind raw pace, which defenders hate. Um, so he was a little bit overlooked in that regard. Um, what does he go out on loan to the National League? Uh, goes down to Torquay. Plays eight, nine games, scores a couple of goals, goes to Aldershot, gets a couple of goals and three or four appearances. So that sort of um, would help him with his development. Brilliant to see he's been, you know, training with a group during the summer, and brilliant to see that he's that he's involved and he's he, he's come off the bench and he's looked lively, he's looked a threat. Defenders weren't like to play against him. He's had a couple of chances, which again. What I was alluding to six, seven minutes ago when we are talking about, you know, once you get in those chances now, steady yourself down, compose yourself, find the right technique. Because arguably, in a, um, was a Blackburn, he possibly had a chance later in the game where he probably didn't expect it. He had the, uh, the header. Blackpool was it might have been given offside, but, you know, hit the target. And he's had the one-on-one -on -one against Rotherham where he's put in and doesn't quite produce the finish that he would have wanted. So... So there's all that into, so yeah, there needs to be a little bit of protection. Um, can't protect them too much, but at the same time, it's just that balancing act, juggling act. And I saw some of mixed comments and I, I fully support them. You know, he's been brought to the club with a, a role to do. And if you're looking at harnesses and working with young players to make them better, I think there's no one better than Mick Beal in knowing what he's doing. So can I say, leave that to Mick.
and I'm sure he would get that right. Uh, and if he doesn't, I think Mick will be the first one to say. But you know, let Mick develop him, Mick decide when he's ready to go in. Uh, but what I do, and I'll finish with a real positive Sinclair, wouldn't want to play against him. I think he's a talent, he's just got to keep improving, he's got to keep learning aspects of his game, develop aspects of his game. Let's just not rely on your pace and power and rawness, even though that's a huge strength, in my opinion. You know, can you can you come and link it? Can you play in different formations? Can you play with different types of strikers? That's where we talk about development, but he will get opportunities, he'll get chances. Bright future for Sinclair. If we talk about the fixtures coming up, we start off, we're speaking ahead of our... Our trip to Hertfordshire to play Watford at Vicarage Road, it's never an easy test, but this year, one of the favourites, surely, for promotion, aren't they? So it's sold out away end, as we always do when we travel over there, but it's going to be a big day. Big day, great atmosphere against the team I thought would bounce straight back. Um, uh, if you look at their squad, it's equipped to you know, do really well. Started well, no surprise to me. Uh, started really well, first three games, played three of the teams that will probably be... Um, up there with them, you know, where uh, so they come through that unscathed. Um, I think we'll put them in, in, in good stead. Um, big crowd, local derby will take loads. They'll get right behind our team QPR. A couple of seasons ago, when no fans were in the ground, we went there when we weren't on a particularly good run. I think we just beat Luton actually when Charlie first came back. But I think uh, we went to Watford um, riding high. We won. Not such a good run, but we went went a goal down. I think Troy Deeney scored a penalty, um, but then we we showed the signs of the good side that we were going to become and went on to win the game. I think Albert gets the winner with a couple of minutes to go, uh, and from then on we kicked on. So whilst the first five games has been frustrating, could say disappointing in terms of the points return we've got, Saturday could be the game where... We go and produce a really good performance. We get a win. And it, 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 it sets it off. Confidence becomes higher because confidence in football is so game to game. It can go from minute to minute. It can go from chance to, to, to ch chance in a striker, mistake to mistake as a defender. You know, it's, uh, So you just need to get that consistency in your own performance and as a group. And I, for one, you know, Probably the first game this season where people don't give us a chance. I think I'm right in saying that. I spoke to a lot of people saying, "Oh, what?" But you know, home win. Okay, bring it on. Let let's let let's let's have a let's have a look. Let's have a go. Um, let's stand up and be counted. We've got thousands of Rangers fans and their their blue and white hoops and the away shirt going. Let's put on a performance for them. Let's make them proud as they as they come out the stadium and head back in their cars and their buses, etc., etc. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Albeit tough game against a very good side. Another late Albert Adoma winner in front of the away end will be. You might hear greatly, me screaming. <laughs> greatly appreciated if he does that again. You might hear me screaming if uh, if, if that's the case. But uh, <laughs> no, as I say, tough game. But it's one year as a as a player. Uh, I certainly would really look forward to and go. Okay, right, bring it on. It's a bit of a cliche. They're all tough games, aren't they? Mm -hmm. But that starts to run. We have Hull, Swansea, Huddersfield, Millwall, Stoke. They're all tough, but that's the championship for you. That's the nature of it, that's isn't the it? the championship. That's why we love it. You show me an easy game in the championship and I'll argue with you because um, there's no easy games. I think I said before, you know, without disrespect, and we were looking at, or many were looking at, Blackpool and Robin. 
and say, you know what, we've got to be winning both games. You don't perform, when I say perform, so those elements of our performances, which was good. But if you don't defend properly, if you don't take your chances, you don't do well out of possession, you don't do well in your approach play, you got to be very, very lucky to win games and to gain points. So let's not be lucky. Let's not be unlucky. Let's put in the performances. Every player who's selected, you know, as I already said minutes ago, you know, what you're in the team for, what's your role to help this team to get results and to, and to get wins. But the run of games, yeah, it's quite relentless. It's quite unforgiving. You know, you've got Watford will be up there. Hull have made a really good start. Swansea always give you um, a really difficult game wherever they play in the, in the way they played. Huddersfield got beat in the playoffs last year, lost a couple of players. Maybe they're not going to be the force they were, but still a tough game. Millwall away, we know what it's like there. Gary Rowett's done a fantastic job. And Stoke, who for the life of me, I still think, you know, why do they languish? But as we're speaking, just got rid of their manager. First one to go. That's the nature of the beast. So tough games, but a, a great month ahead. Uh, and as I say, after half of those games, I'll really start looking at the league table, and I think that'll give us a bearing where we we are. Because um, league tables, I believe, don't tell lies. You are where you you are after whatever first three four games, anything can happen. You know, we're a little bit doomy gloomy around here. You know, we beat we beat Watford. You go into eight points. You know, and you you're suddenly in the top half of the table, and everything's looking good. That's why every game's. Every game, every point, huge, hugely important. The manner of how quick the games come as well, obviously, that's the championship again. It'll test but the squad. Test the squad, but also, if you go on a run, you could all of a sudden, you've picked up 9, 12 points that's, within that's, a couple that's, of weeks. That's the conundrum. That's the, you know, if, you know, if we go on a run, if we do this, you know, it's all ifs, buts, maybes, we have to do it, so... Already mentioned, you know, conceding goal have to be better at set plays, have to take more of our chances, uh, have to not get caught on the break, etc., etc., etc. So all of those stuff will be being worked on. Need to knit it all together, keep key players fit, use the squad really wisely uh, in case we we don't pick up injuries and lose players for a, a lengthy period of time. And uh, players, once you're selected, go and do what you been put in the team to do. Perfect. And if we look now, we'll sort of reflect off the field. We've got, it's been the school holidays. I'm sure many parents have been aware they're just coming towards the end. Our soccer schools have been as popular as ever. And I was joined last week, Ilias Chair and Sinclair Armstrong were at Power League up the road on South Africa Road. And Ilias was explaining how important them sort of events are to the players and to the community. You're a big part of that since, aren't you? Well, it's a, it's a massive part of our our club and our community you know we watch a game here every couple of weeks you know the community staff are out in the um out in the local area almost on a daily basis you know, they're the at the front of the club um soccer schools you know, it's really difficult we all know what's going on in the in the world at the minute you know so for parents to 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 find x amount to 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 send their youngsters sometimes one two three you know to to give them a, an enjoyable experience uh where they can uh, enjoy what they're doing in a safe environment, learn, uh, hope to become Queen's Park Rangers fans if they're not already are. So the the likes of the first team squad cannot be underplayed. You know, I think it's great that the players do it and 
we as a club, Queen's Park Rangers as a club, have made huge strides in the last four or five years with community project visits from the first team squad and the under 23s and the 18s, you know, um, which is really good to see. I think it's important that what Ilya said, um, you know, that they as players can go and have that link with the youngsters, the link, uh, the, the youngsters can look up at them as their up and coming heroes and idols and, and stuff like that, you know, get that rapport going. And as I say, hopefully encourage, or help encourage the youngsters, you know, become the, the, the fans of QPR for generations and generations to come, because that's what makes any football club, but that's what makes our football club special. Yeah, I can say firsthand, I was there as a youngster at a soccer school, <laughs> Lee Cook turning up, that was my my pathway into QPR to start straight away. So He said you weren't bad actually, Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I won player of the day that day. <laughs> Where do you play, up front? I was anywhere I could get the ball, I think is the answer. <laughs> Perfect. And then looking ahead next month, the the women's team, QPR FC women's, are going to be here at Loftus Road. It's going to be a, a special occasion once again. We played here last at the end of last season, but of course, off the back of the Lionesses, Chloe Kelly, everything, women's football is reaching to new heights, hopefully, this season. And QPR are going to be a part of it, which is going to be, hopefully, a big occasion. Well, first of all, you know, the women's game, uh, the girls' game is unrecognisable from what it was uh, a few years back. It's come on leaps and leaps and bounds, and not before time. You know, Q QPR as a club, we're very proud of our uh, ladies and girls section that we have uh, within the club. You know, the team operating in the fourth tier, finished fourth last year. Um, I think I'm right in saying probably surprised themselves in that. But, you know, that in itself is a, is a huge achievement. So can you take that and, 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 and push on uh, to be able to play at Loftus Road in front of more fans than they would probably get normally, I think is great. You've seen the, 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 the nation get behind the Lionesses, you know, record crowd at Wembley when they've won it etc etc you know it can only be good the exposure and what the Lionesses did and I was talking to Chloe when she came you know what they did not just on the day where they won it but the month and the lead up and previous years gone by they've now inspired lots of young girls to go you know what that could be me dreams can come true you know you can achieve and we've got to now pick up the baton and make sure the ladies and the girls football doesn't just get left on the back of what happened three four weeks ago it's now got that's got to be used as okay can we can we push it on now and here at QPR we're delighted with what we got we're delighted with the the, the, the ladies and the girls set up and uh, let's hope it can grow and improve and get better in the years to come perfect uh, just on a final note we've got a really exciting raffle where people can have the chance to join you and Nick London in the gantry for the Huddersfield game that is Money can't buy experience, isn't it, since? <laughs> Let's hope, how can I say this? Let's hope the, the whoever's fortunate to, to win it uh, can hear and see me embarrass myself two, three, four, five times during the day when, uh, when QPR put on a performance and we score some, some great goals. But, uh, but, yeah, nice thing for the club to do. I'd say I really love that part of my role where I can watch the game and you know can analyse but I can 
celebrate like a fan if you like because that's what I am I just want to see our team our club our players uh, move forward do well so uh, so yeah love working alongside uh, Nick who's QPR through and through and you know knows his stuff and has been doing this for years and years and years and years and you know it's great to work alongside and we have a little bit of fun but this is a great opportunity for someone to come and spend the day up there see how it happens and uh, watch us win in style hopefully I have to admit, I've, I've seen it firsthand, and you do get caught up in the emotion hearing you and Nick. <laughs> you start joining in as well. You want to be part of it. <laughs> um, full details of how to enter our raffle are, of course, on qpr.co.uk and also on our social media channels. So good luck to anyone that's entering, and hopefully we'll see you at the Huddersfield game on the 10th. Well, since, thank you for another, hopefully, a great podcast. I've enjoyed it. I hope people listening have as well. Um, Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Lots to talk about. You know, we've we've, we've crammed a lot into there, but uh, as I say, um, season's well underway. Yep, been a little bit frustrating. Have we got what we wanted? Probably not quite, but early days yet. There's some promising signs. Stay with it. Come on, you ask. If you want to get involved this year and have any topics that you want me and Sense to talk about, then... Drop me an email at simon.cheshire at qpr.co.uk or use the hashtag allaboutours and we'll try our best to get you involved in the debate. So, as since said, to wrap up, one final, come on your ours and see you soon.